Hello and welcome to the podcast today. This is the Cowboy Podcast, September 16th, 2019. We're almost through with week two, and uh, it's been an exciting week yesterday. A lot of games being played all over the NFL, some surprises, some uh, regular uh, outcomes like the Patriots beating the Dolphins. Of course, as y'all all know, the Buccaneers won against the Panthers on Thursday night. Big game for the Panthers. Uh, uh, losing to the Bucks uh, at home, the second one in their division. Or second home game they've lost, the first in their division. So it was a very, very uh, big week in the NFL. A lot of activity uh, on the baseball diamond. Uh, the Rays are still in the hunt for the second or first wild card spot in the American League. Playing the California Angels as of last night, they won the game. I think there's 10 or 11 games to go. Uh, there's really a three-way dogfight in that American League wild card race between the Tampa Bay Rays and the California, uh, Oakland Athletics and the Cleveland Indians. Uh, I think we have a two-game lead. We did but on the Indians. I don't know what the outcome of last night's games were. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Atlanta Falcons on a Julio Jones touchdown last night in a pretty good game. It was a back-and-forth game. Um, Carson Wentz played pretty good. Zach Ertz played pretty good for the Eagles, but it was Matt Ryan and Julio Jones who won the uh, game with a, a long pass. It was a good game. Uh, between those two teams, were pretty evenly matched. Uh, they seemed to have good games when they play each other. Dolphins got crushed again, 43 to nothing, uh, 59 to 10 against the Ravens. The first week of the season for the Dolphins, and again they got beat 43 to nothing yesterday. Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger both uh, suffered significant injuries yesterday. Drew Brees, reported from Adam Scheffner, uh, should be going undergoing surgery today or tomorrow, and be out up to six weeks, which is uh, good news for the Bucks because they won't—he won't be available when they play. In a couple of weeks after they played the Giants and the Rams, and they head to New Orleans to play the Saints, and uh, we certainly will take that, and uh, probably be facing Teddy Bridgewater. I don't suspect that they'll be looking for any other quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater will be their backup, and he'll be their their starter when we play them uh, a couple of weeks from now. So uh, it's been a been a very big week in sports, uh, college football, Ohio State. Uh, uh, wins their game. Clemson beats Syracuse handily. Um, Brigham Young beats USC in overtime. Uh, no big major upsets uh, this week in the college football uh, games. There really wasn't any ranked teams playing ranked teams this week in the in the college uh, schedule. Uh, Indiana played Ohio State again, and Ohio State, you know, was playing their Big Ten rivals. And so they're back to playing some leased teams. You hear the background noise. That's your old Amtrak Railroad Station. And we're doing this podcast live from Donaldson Park and Avon Park on beautiful Lake Verona in downtown Avon Park, Florida today. So when you hear that train, you know you're, you're live. I have a lot of questions today. And uh, again, I'd like to thank all my supporters. And of course, we can, you can hear me on Facebook and you can hear the Cowboy Podcast now on Google Play. Uh, we're ranked 179th out of uh, about 300 on Google Play. 
and I think it's just because we're talking football today, but I'd like to go up, maybe make 178. So we're way down the list, but we're there. So and I want to thank everybody who has made this possible and the supporters that have made this possible and those who are listening to me and with the Google Play will have a larger platform to be able to take questions from a lot further away on our text line and our text line uh, uh, has been lighting up since yesterday's game uh, so we, we're gonna, we, we've only been taking two or three questions per episode so today I'm going to try to take a few more questions and the first question today uh, is from Ed in Wachula. That's in Hardy County, right next to Avon Park here in Islands County, Florida. And Ed asks, what about the whistle being blown early on the Cam Jordan um, fumble recovery against the Rams yesterday, the Saints-Rams game? For y'all that didn't see it, uh, Jeff um, Goff, uh, he had the ball... Knocked out of his hand in a fumble, and Cameron uh, Jordan picked it up and uh, ran it for a touchdown for the Saints. But the whistle was blown, so the fumble was given to the Saints, but the touchdown wasn't. Um, Ed, uh, the NFL refereeing so far has been atrocious, and it, it's really bad. And you would think that they would, you know, work on some of what they do. Like on this call, everybody said, well, if you were out there, would it be different? Well, they could have not blown the whistle. They could have let the play continue and then made the decision on what had happened. By blowing the whistle, it canceled uh, the outcome of the touchdown. You can't challenge that when the whistle is blown. So uh, maybe as simple as the NFL office in New York saying, don't blow the whistle so fast on these plays. But uh, they don't seem to have coordination with these referees. Uh, they don't know what a pass interference is or isn't. There's always been a dispute on refereeing, and this year with the ability for the coaches to be able to challenge calls made or not made have made it difficult on the referees, and I understand that. But uh, yesterday's blowing of the whistle cost the uh, Saints a touchdown. A lot of people would say, well, uh, Cowboy, it didn't make the outcome of the game any different. The, the Rams ran away with it, but does it change the momentum? Uh, it could have possibly changed the momentum. You don't ever want to see a game where points are taken off the board. And the poor Saints seem to be the ones that receive that punishment about every time they play. There's always a bad call on the Saints. I don't know whether they just don't want the Saints. Uh, you know, I, don't, I don't know what the referee is. Maybe they're antsy after the worst call in NFL history last year in the Saints-Rams game, the NFC Championship game, where they didn't make the call. And they changed the rules because of that call, Ed where the Saint uh, receiver was just mauled, hit, uh, helmet to helmet before the ball got there and no, no call was made. The referees looked at each other and just let the game go on. Uh, it shows how inefficient the referee in, in the NFL is. Goodell goes up and shakes hands and talks about personal conduct policies. He can't even get his referees out here to do right. Roger Goodell is nothing to be proud of as an NFL commissioner. He never has been. He's a terrible commissioner. He's a puppet for the owners and a mouthpiece for the owners. And he just has not handled the referee in whatsoever in any good way. You would have thought they'd have sat down with him more extensively this year. They've got to pay him better than pay him better. If they got to train him better than train him better. Because, you know, if that whistle hadn't been blown yesterday and the play would have continued, 
then they could have made the determination on what had happened. Uh, and everybody said, well, you know, you, you say that now, but if you'd have been out there as a referee, you'd have, you'd have wanted to protect the players. And, okay, whatever. You know, you protected uh, seven points off the board of the Saints. Would it have mattered? Who knows? We'll never know. Uh, can't take that back. So, yes, that's what happened in that play. Uh, Jared Goff's hand was hit. It was a fumble. Cameron Jordan did pick it up and run for a touchdown, but the whistle was blown when the, he recovered the ball. So the Saints re received the ball at the point of time when the whistle was blown, which again cost them seven points, or at least six, and they'd had to keep the extra point. But they'd have got that opportunity if the whistle had to been blown. So it uh, probably changed momentum quite a lot, frankly. But uh, anyhow, Ed, that's what happened. The uh, referee in, uh, yesterday on that Saints game, Saints just seem to get the poor end of the stick when it comes to referee calls. A lot of a lot of teams have, though. I mean, if you really look at it, they don't want you to really look at it, Ed. But uh, uh, the referee is, is quite poor. And, it, and they say, well, it's the first year. But, you know, this is this professional football. You're paying a lot of money for uh, the fans to go to the games. And they're, they're, they're putting out a lot of effort to go. And the players are getting paid well. And the TV's paying the NFL well. So you would suspect that they would have referees that could make some of these calls. And it, it would be just as simple. If it's a controversial call such as that, and you really know that it's a, if you knew it was a fumble, you would, shouldn't have blown the uh, whistle. And if you didn't know it was a fumble, you should have let the play continue, and then you could have reviewed it. It's just that simple. It's just not that hard. But, uh, again, they don't have any coordination with these referees. And as the season progresses, we'll see more and more of these bad calls made by the referees. And until somebody has the guts to tell Roger Goodell something, the owners, uh, i.e., because Goodell don't do anything the owners don't tell him to do, he don't think for himself a whole lot. And if he does, uh, he, has, has, he shouldn't get any prize for what he's done. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Roger Goodell whatsoever. Uh, Paul Tagaboo, uh, Pete Rozelle, some other ones that we've had have uh, you know, done a lot better job, in my opinion. But then again, uh, I'm not, uh, you know, Roger Goodell wasn't out there blowing the whistle. It was his referee. So uh, the referee blew that whistle and, and killed that play, and it has to go back to where the whistle's blowing at. And there's no review in it. There's no changing of it. So that's what happened in that play, Ed. Uh, and I thank you for your question. It's a very interesting question. A lot of people have asked it, and I'm sure a lot of people down in New Orleans are asking that question today, what happened. And that's exactly what happened on that play. So thank you for your question, and I appreciate it. So we're going to try to take as many questions as we can today. We're going to try to uh, take at least five questions. So I'm going to Susan, and Susan's in Haines City. This is a baseball question about the Tampa Bay Rays and uh, their chances of making the playoffs. Susan, uh, it is a three-team uh, race in the American League wild card between the Cleveland Indians, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Oakland Athletics at this point. Two will make the wild card single game, and uh, one will not. Uh, right now, the Cleveland Indians are in the third spot. The Rays are in the second spot. And the A's are a half a game ahead of the uh, Rays as this 16th of September broadcast. We have about 10 or 11 games to go. Uh, the Rays have the Dodgers a couple of games, and they come back and play the, the uh, Red Sox and the Yankees. Uh, so uh, we just hope we can continue to win. But right now, the Rays are in the wild card. If it was to end today, they would be the second team of the two teams that would make the wild card in the American League. It would be the A's and the Rays. But, uh, you know, with only two games ahead of the Cleveland Indians, uh, you can't uh, let up off the gas yet. So for uh, 
Kevin Cash and the Rays. Uh, every game's a playoff game between now and the end of the season. And uh, this is where really you're going to have to put, put the uh, pedal to the metal, so to speak, and all hands on deck, which they have been playing hard, and the Rays have been playing real well, Susan. And for a team that has such a low prey role, uh, I'm very proud of what they've done. I think they've won 90 games already. They have a good chance of winning 95 games, 96 games this year, which is absolutely remarkable for the payroll they have. Uh, they, they have done a fantastic job. They're still in the hunt, very much in the hunt. There's very much up in the air of who's going to make that wild card in the American League. And every single game counts uh, right on out through the end now. And I appreciate your question, Susan. Thank you very much from Haines City, and thank you for listening, and thank you for being a supporter of the Cowboy Podcast. And I appreciate that very much. I've got another question here, and this is from the Google Play uh, uh, platform that we've just been on for the last two weeks. And this is from Victor in Savannah, Georgia, which is a long ways from our little Avon Park, Florida. And Victor lives listens to us on Google Play. And I, I sure appreciate your support, and I appreciate these questions that are far from my, my locale here in Avon Park, Florida, that uh, supporters of the uh, Cowboy Podcast. And Victor asks, what is the chances of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the next three games between the Giants, the Rams, and the Saints? Victor, uh, we play the Giants this Sunday in Tampa Bay, and uh, we can't take them lightly. And if we can minimize Jameis Winston's mistakes, it's the same old song and uh, no interceptions and not many turnovers and let Peyton Barber and Rock and Jones run and get that defense out there and score some points. I think we have a very good chance of beating the New York football giants Sunday in Raymond James Stadium. It's a very much needed game and I think we have a good chance in that game. Then we travel to Los Angeles to play the Rams. Uh, it's going to be a tougher game against the Rams. Uh, I think we can we can compete and maybe possibly if the breaks go our way win that game and then we have the Saint game uh, that's three weeks three three games down now from from uh, the Giants Sunday then the following Sunday the Rams and the following one the Saints but with Drew Brees with the information that I have heard from Adam Scheffner today will be going undergoing thumb surgery uh, he's expected to be out six weeks uh, with that thumb uh, that hit Aaron Donald's helmet yesterday in that St. Ram game. So uh, without Drew Brees, that will be a, a, a welcome situation with Teddy Bridgewater back there. Uh, as quarterback, he's not Drew Brees by no stretch of the imagination, not even close. So, Victor, I think we have a good chance of winning two of, the, two of those three games. I think it'll be a pretty hard uh, uh, push to beat the Rams, but uh, anything can happen. That's why we play the game. I'd like us to go three out of three, but a two out of three would be very good if we could beat the Giants Sunday and go out to the L.A. and, and, and show up, play a good game, and, and pray for what happens, and then go to New Orleans without a without a Saint team with Drew Brees and, and, and win that game. Uh, so that's what I'm, uh, we're looking at. The, the Rays, have, I mean, the Bucks have got a rough schedule there after they leave the Giants at home. I think they play seven away games. One of which of those seven games was a scheduled home game against the Carolina Panthers, which is in London, England, uh, this year. So uh, they have seven away games in a row, which is pretty brutal. And when you think about it, that's a month and three weeks away from your home. Uh, of course, the Bucks seem to be playing a lot better away than they do home. Strange as that is. 
So, Victor, yes, I think we have a chance to, to beat the Giants Sunday, and we got to get out there and, and play hard football against the Rams. I, I, I'm always going to root for the Bucks, pray for the Bucks, and hope for the best for the Bucks because the Bucks are our team, and I hope we can take the Rams, and then we can play the Saints without Drew Brees. So I think two out of three is, is, is doable uh, against the next three weeks with the Bucks. And thank you, Victor, for your question from Georgia, and uh, God bless you for listening to me on Google Play. And this podcast, and we need supporters like you to continue to promote our podcast, and, and, and I, I appreciate it. And I appreciate the Google Play platform to allow me to get some listeners from outside my area. And to get one from Georgia is very, 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 uh, very rewarding. Thank you, Victor, for your question and your support. Continue on supporting the old Cowboy podcast. Okay, now I've got Alice from uh, Fort Myers, and she wants to ask, what about the Lightning's chances this year in the NHL? Uh, Alice, uh, we're all hockey fans here because of how good the Lightning are as an organization. As you know, they won the President Cup last year, which is the most games won in regular season. But uh, they were the number one seed going into the playoffs to uh, possibly be in the Stanley Cup finals. And as we all know, the Columbus Blue Jackets beat them and uh, shut them out and beat them in four straight games to end their their monumentous historic uh, run last year, which they won the President Cup, which means the most wins. So what do I think about them this year? I think they've got to go into the year and forget about last year. It's going to be pretty hard uh, to forget about being such a good team and going into the first round of the playoffs against the weakest seed because they're the number one seed and getting shut out in four games straight. But uh, they've got to forget about it somehow. It's not going to be easy. It's always going to be in the back of their mind. I think they'll have a competitive team, a good uh, a team. They've got Vassy in the, the net. Uh, they've got uh, some of their key players still uh, there, uh, Victor Hedman, and they've got uh, Steven Samkos and the rest of their uh, – Tyler Johnson and uh, the rest of their players. Uh, I think Braden Point will come to a contract before the season starts. So I think the Lightning will be a competitive team. I think they'll make the playoffs if they can play together. I don't think that they should concentrate so much as far as winning the President Cups again because it's not what they're after. They're after that Stanley Cup. And then they've got to just uh, dig deep and uh, play hard and uh, win them playoff games and get into that Stanley Cup. I think that's about all that they can really shoot for in their minds. They've done everything else. They've had the best record in hockey. They've had all the records. They won the President Cup last year as far as most wins. But then when they got the playoffs, they got put out in four straight games. So they, they don't want to run out of gas or they don't want to go flat or go cold on that first week of playoffs because if they do all that other, uh, it kind of puts a sour taste in their mouth. And it's certainly a sour taste in their mouth, probably one of the biggest disappointments in, in uh, sports history and hockey, especially how the Lightning uh, lost out last year to the Columbus Blue Jackets in that, that series. Didn't even win a game. So uh, uh, I think that's what will happen. Uh, I think uh, they'll, they'll concentrate on the, the season. They have the same players they had last year. There's not a significant drop-off. So they should be able to make a playoff spot and uh, stay healthy, uh, don't have any injuries, and, and play a good season, which they will. Uh, they'll have a good, good season and I'm sure uh, make the playoffs. But the main thing is to get past that first round and continue to go forward to try to win the Stanley Cup. They're not going to be able to forget what happened to them last year where they had everybody uh, knowing that they were that good, but when it came right down to the playoff hockey. And I think playoff hockey between me and you, Alice, is uh, 
a little bit different as what I watched of it. I'm a novice from the south. I'm a Floridian here, old cowboy, and uh, we had to learn hockey by watching it. And, and I've kind of noticed that during the regular season, the physicality uh, during regular season is kind of called against you. If you're a little bit too rough on the eyes and uh, a little bit too uh, physical with your opponent, you, you, you get time in the penalty box. But when, if you've noticed, when you get in the playoffs, they kind of let them play a little bit harder as far as physicality concerned, as far as, uh, you know, uh, some of the penalties that they call. And so I think last year when the uh, Lightning got there, they, they had, you know, just kind of forgot that they were in playoff hockey. Because playoff hockey doesn't call those penalties as much uh, if you'll notice, if you'll watch during the regular season. Uh, you know, they, they just call a lot more uh, physical penalties in regular season than they do in the playoffs. No excuses of why they lost four games. There's just no way that they can have an excuse. Uh, you know, they lost the first one. I remember, well, we can win the second one. And they lost the second one. Well, we got to win the third one. And then they lost the third one. We can't lose the fourth one, and they did. So uh, I don't know what really happened there. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I'm not saying that they, they, they laid down, but uh, if somebody said that, then what would be the defense? Another team was playing, and uh, in football, baseball, basketball, hockey, or anything else, racing, any competitive sport, uh, there's another opponent, and that's why they have the, the games or the races uh, to see who wins. So uh, there's another team out there. That's why they play the game. We can prognosticate all we want, but that's why they play the game. The other team has just as much of an opportunity Another car has just as much an opportunity to win. So uh, I'm looking forward to a good season, Alice. I think the Lightning will rebound. They'll play good. They've got the same players. There's not a new nucleus. Uh, they know what their mission is. They knew what it was last year, and I think they'll continue to try to achieve that mission. And I think we'll be very proud, very, very proud of the Tampa Bay Lightning this year. Again, as we were last year, even though they, let, they did get beaten. Uh, so God bless Jeffrey Bennett. God bless the Lightning, and hope that they do real well this year. And thank you for your question, Alice. And uh, we've been taking some rapid-fire questions. So uh, we're going to try to make that fifth number. And the number five number will go to Bill in a good old Avon Park, our hometown. Uh, and Bill asks, what about the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense? Uh, Bill, the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense is looking a lot better. Their secondary is looking a lot better. Uh, Vernon Hargraves is playing real well. Uh, Vita Vea and uh, Donovan Sewer plugging up that middle. They didn't seem to have any on paper scheduled pass rushers, but Shaquille Barrett has showed up and is leading the league after week two with four sacks. So they're looking pretty good. The defense is looking pretty good. And uh, and, and limiting Jameis Winston to his uh, uh, interceptions, fumbles, or turnovers uh, with just a little bit of offense has proven to be enough to beat the Panthers. So maybe that's a formula that they can follow. Their defense is playing better. Uh, they're playing real good. Uh, the, I mean, for who they are, their secondary is exceptionally playing well, and that is helping them quite considerably. Carlton Davis is playing well at one corner. Vernon Hargrave is playing at one corner. Whitehead is playing out of his mind at safety. Uh, they're, they're really playing pretty good. Kevin Minter came in last week, as you know, uh, from Devin White, and he played well. And so the whole overall team is looking as if uh, they have a formula to win, and Todd Bowles is calling the right plays at the right time and putting the pressure uh, where it needs to be. 
And my last question, which is question number five, is from uh, Allison. Her name's Allison. Kimberly Allison. I've heard that name. Kimberly Allison. Two names in one. Kimberly Allison. From Sebring, Florida, the home of the Blue Streaks High School football team. God bless Sebring. And the question is, will the race pitching hold up in the pennant race? Uh, well, the pennant race is on, and Morton is pitching pretty good. They've got two starting pitchers on the on the five-man rotation, which the race started with three, and then they went up to four. Now they're down to two, what you call bona fide starters. Uh, some of the other starters that are coming off a of rehab or are pitching uh, in what they call this starter uh, program where they pitch pitchers a couple innings. Uh, but uh, they're going to have to do what they got to do with what they have. Uh, they don't have time to rehab them down in the uh, AAA, AA, uh, single A uh, games because they're all finished for the year. Uh, they've got an expanded man, 25-man uh, standard roster during the regular season. The Rays do. Now they're up to 40 uh, players, so they have a lot more pitchers on their roster. And they're just going to have to do uh, what they can with what they have as far as uh, pitching. So I'm looking forward to the Rays. Uh, going with Charlie Morton, if there's a one-game playoff, I, I suspect Charlie Morton will be on the mound for the Rays in that game. And, uh, of course, you use everything you have if you're Kevin Cash because if you don't have, that's all you can do. So, again, uh, thank you for your questions and thank you for your support of the Cowboy Driller podcast today. And uh, we'll continue to support us, continue to listen to us on Google Play. We'll be back with you next Monday after the Giants game. Support the Bucks as they play the Giants on Sunday in Raymond James Stadium. Uh, support your college teams, the Gators, the Seminoles, the Knights, the Bulls, the Hurricanes, uh, all the teams in Florida. Support your high school program. Get out there and support your high school football. Support the Rays. We've got a beautiful bunch of sports going on. Baseball and football and hockey fixing to start, but baseball and football, we got the NASCAR playoffs even going yesterday. Uh, Joey Logano won the Las Vegas race yesterday in NASCAR. So again, thank you for my supporters. Thank you for my sponsors. Uh, thank you for all your support. Continue to listen to us on Google Play. Listen to us on Facebook. And when we have our live, live uh, feeds, which we had a few weeks ago <clears throat> when the Bucks played the 49ers. Uh, this is Cowboy signing off. God bless you. Good luck and say something good about somebody and they'll say something good back. God bless you. Bye.